Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. Flex, how are you doing today? I am well. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm good. I never know how to answer that question because I'm like, how am I? Like, I got to take a second and feel it out. Honestly. Well, how am I feeling? To be honest, I woke up and then like started podcasting straight away. And I usually would prefer to shower because now I just feel a bit musty. My feet Mm. are dry. And it's so odd because like my body's usually good at retaining a lot of moisture and oil, especially my face. But my feet, my feet have never been naturally moisturized in my entire life. And I can feel like the crusties. So gross. Oh Um, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But then like mental health wise, I feel like I'm good. Mm. I've been, it was, it's just so wild. I've been trying like really hard to, you know, I feel like I do a lot of my self-development in retrospect so i will analyze behaviors that i've shown and then go and google ways to do it differently or better next time and then when next time comes i don't do it better or differently (laughs) so yeah yesterday i was in the middle of a discussion with someone who was coming to me to essentially vent or feel seen or feel heard and they had said something like they were expressing that they were going to go do something good for them like therapy or something um lol she said like therapy or something (laughs) (laughs) that like they didn't really need my input as to whether I was like yes this is good yes this is bad but they just wanted to feel hurt and I could not find the language I was gonna Mm. type yeah that sounds good that doesn't that sounds dismissive yeah, cool. That's a, what is that? Like, am I yeah, a robot? Yeah. So I, I literally went to Google and I typed in how to affirm someone's feelings. I'm screaming. <laughs> Are you a robot? Then <laughs> what? Why is she like this? <laughs> I said that sounds really difficult, and they were like, "Yeah, but that's okay. I'm going to work through it." And I was like, "Cool." Yeah, that's always what, because usually I would be like, "Okay." Clearly they Are you want a problem me solver? To, absolutely. Clearly you're mm. coming to me because you want me to help you. So let me help you. So it, it was my instinct to want to be like, what have you researched? What time? Blah, blah, blah. Like, can you afford it? Whatever they were speaking about that I'm not going to disclose. I said therapy yeah. so you can contextualize it. Um, yeah. But I was like, no, they don't need that from me. But I couldn't use my own brain to figure out how to deliver anything but what I was used to delivering. So, you know, that Aww. felt really powerful. And then I've been sleeping oh, I well. I love that. So, you know, I'm good. <laughs> How are you? Yeah. How am I today? I actually, I woke up so late. I had a nightmare. I keep dreaming about insects. So I had a nightmare about spiders and roaches. 
And then I woke up at 6 a.m., had an allergy attack, and went back oh. to sleep. <laughs> and now I'm back, and I've been Mary Kondoing my room. I've, yeah, it's been a really chill. I quite like Sundays. I used to really hate Sundays. There is, they always had like a really like depressing, depressing air about them. But I really enjoy, I'm a Sunday person now. So that's how I'm doing today. That's sweet. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, you were telling me about this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was watching. So I don't, um, I haven't had time to watch a lot of TV, which is unusual for me because I do like to make a lot of time to leisure. Um, and usually mm. I find it easy to do something and then watch TV in the background. But then what ends up happening is that I don't do the thing that I'm trying to do at a you know, at a appropriate capacity. And then I don't understand what's happening yeah. in the show that I'm watching. So I'm like, maybe let's separate those activities. So I was on YouTube and I was like, I don't want to listen to people talk quickly <laughs> right now. <laughs> like I want something slow. I want a vibe. So I went onto Netflix and I thought I was going to watch, um, there's this new series. I forgot what it's called. Clearly not that interested in it. But I thought I was going to watch that. And then I was like, no. And then I was under pressure because I had ordered food to eat when I was watching the show. But the food had arrived. And I ordered through Menulog. And they they now do um, con- contactless delivery, which means they don't tell you when the food arrives. They just arrive and leave it there. So by the time I realized the food had arrived, it was 20 minutes later. So now I was working under pressure. My food was getting cold. I had nothing to watch. And I need to watch something while I eat. Anyway, so Pieces of a Woman was on um, was on the Netflix header, banner. I don't know what you call that front page. Homepage. It was on the Netflix homepage. And I was like, mm, this looks sad. And I don't like watching sad shows or sad movies because I don't like to feel sad. Bad, um, yeah. And I do. <laughs> very Do complex. you like horror movies? <laughs> I used to like them a lot, but not as an adult. Because that just sits with, it sits with me. And I can't purge. Mm. Um, and so, I, yeah, I don't like feeling sad on my own, let alone secondhand sadness, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But then I, I saw the trailer. I'm like, this is really interesting. And for those of you who haven't watched the trailer or don't know what Pieces of a Woman is about, it's a movie with um, Shia LaBeouf and what's her name? Vanessa Kirby. Yeah, Vanessa Kirby. And mm. the synopsis says... A heartbreaking home birth leaves a woman grappling with the profound emotional fallout isolated from her partner and family by a chasm of grief. So I didn't read that before I watched it. I just watched the trailer and it was so gripping. The trailer had made it, the trailer had depicted a court case in which clearly there's been a pregnancy or a birth of some sort a woman is on the stand and it looks like she's being coached lines from someone in the, um, what do you call the person who isn't the perpetrator, whatever, mm, who's in the perpetrator yeah. state. So I'm like, oh, this is juicy. Like, is this like yeah. medical, um, like some sort of like medical t- like evasion thing? Anyway, so basically the first scene of that movie is a 22 minute scene shot in one go. So it is so gripping and basically it depicts a home birth gone wrong. And because you have 
kind of context that the birth isn't going to go well. You're anticipating all the different things that could go well at any given time because it goes from like her water breaking to her midwife not being available to show up for her because she's at another labor. So she sent in a different midwife and you're like, Oh my God, this is so stressful. What's going to happen? And, um, it's interesting um, because I've been meditating recently, I've um, only oh, now been more consciously aware of like my body and like what my body is doing in certain times. So for instance, mm. when I'm driving, I always notice that I'm holding a fist. Like if I have one hand on the steering wheel, really? my other hand is in a fist. Why am I holding so much tension? What are you stressed out about, sis? Um, yeah. Why is so, that? I don't know. I don't, I think it's comfortable. When yeah. I look at my baby photos, I was, always holding one hand in a fist so maybe i am relaxed oh my god sure. you're just turbo you're just like <laughs> I was ready to you're just a fiery baby <laughs> <laughs> so who knows um yeah but so when so yeah as i was watching that i was like oh my goodness my chest is so tight like yeah i'm feeling so much like i can't relax my shoulders i'm like not breathing because like i'm anticipating something bad happening and i was like gosh secondhand stress or secondhand sadness is is not wild, as bad as firsthand obviously but yeah. i could feel so much and i couldn't even like convince my brain that i didn't have to feel anything and this is why i don't mm. like watching sad movies but anyway point is if you want to watch the movie sure go ahead i really do think it peaked in the first half an hour like it, it was giving everything it was meant to have given yeah and then the rest was like pretty predictable but like also sad and stuff but like it affirmed why i don't like watching sad movies because like gosh i couldn't could not separate my my own body from what was happening and then Mm. um i had to like do a little dance afterwards because what do they talk about psychosomatic therapy or something where yeah because trauma lives dormant and stagnant in the body you have to get it out and so Mm. movement is a good way to do that so i was like you know what thank you internet did a little movement now i feel fine (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny that like similarly to you i don't really like watching sad movies but like when i'm sad i need to listen to sad songs but i cannot watch a sad tv show or a sad movie like i yeah same i love sad songs (laughs) yeah like i'm such a depressing song bitch but like when it comes to shows and movies i need them all have you like realized have your um media consumption habits changed during Mm -hmm. the pandemic oh in what way so like i've noticed that i watch really frivolous tv now during the pandemic (laughs) and (laughs) i used to watch things like the leftovers like things that are really heavy um then i rewatched the sopranos but then like as the as the pandemic gets progressively worse or i is it the pandemic or is it just like political reality I think I can I can like feel that like something's about to happen and my consumption habits just get like more and more frivolous. Like why was I watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Like there's this show on Netflix called Love that I love that's just like such a frivolous show about a dysfunctional couple. Like I Yeah, my consumption habits have definitely changed because of this pandemic and all the political 
all the political shit going on. Wow, that's really interesting. It's good that you've Mm. observed that. Um, Well, I don't know, actually, because I guess I would... mm, No. Well, I think they've changed because my lifestyle has changed, not because of the pandemic in particular. Mm. So I think earlier last month, like most people, I definitely had more time to watch things. And so I was watching a lot of anything because, um, you know, I had time, but now I don't have time. So I don't watch things, but I can agree. What has changed my consumption habits is the fact that anytime I had been to, um, either a therapist or a tarot person, well, a therapist or a tarot person is if they're comparable, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it always comes up and I've been to multiple, multiple occasions, but it always comes up um, about my media consumption habits that mm. I internalize a lot of. So for example, when I went to therapy, they were asking, my therapist was asking me something about the relationships in my life, like all of them, platonic, familial, whatever. And then was trying to find some sort of link between what I was feeling and where I might've learned that from. And like, they couldn't, Yeah, they're like, we don't really understand. And she was like, you know, what about the media you're consuming? And then I went into this whole tirade about how I love thrillers and, you know, high energy action. And, you know, I love Mm. sad songs. And she was like, oh, okay, I see. (laughs) And then it goes back into that conversation about how your brain can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. So, you know, while you may be consciously able to tell the difference between what you're consuming and what you're experiencing, your brain and your body really cannot. So yeah, when I notice um, that I'm projecting onto situations and people, I'm like, it's probably because I've been consuming a lot. And this is probably why I don't spend as much time as I did maybe last year, um, like early last year around celebrity gossip and drama and stuff. I just cannot do it anymore because it takes up so much emotional energy, like having to be across that, having to justify or rationalize situations based on very limited information, having to conceptualize my thoughts and ideas based on having basically no facts, having to fight about (laughs) situations that don't matter. It's not for me. And so when these situations come up, I'm like, my, I tell my friends, like, you can tell me what's happening, but I'm not going to Google it. I'm not interested. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. And it's so funny because I've just noticed like the more jobless people become, the more like influencer celebrity drama there is. Like there's just more like internet bullying. Like there's really just, it's really interesting. Like across Facebook groups to just like people making clubhouse rooms to talk shit about people. There's just so much the need for drama has definitely increased. It's so Um, fascinating. I don't know where I saw it. Um, So, you know, let's not count this as like credible factual information, but maybe it was YouTube and they were talking about how generally like these people are speaking about their personal experiences. Oh, it was some sort of like video think piece about why so many people had quit YouTube last year uh, during the pandemic, they say. And it's because the rates of bullying had increased so much. And so they were trying to do a reverse analysis on why the internet just got so mean all of a sudden. 
And yeah. I do remember saying early last year that TikTok was such a mean place. <laughs> like the comments are so scathing. They're so are bratty. They? They're so rude. Oh, absolutely. Like people, I, I would say it's better now. Maybe I'm on a different side of TikTok, but it was everyday roasting, everyday wow. rudeness, everyday call out people's flaws, no matter how insignificant, everyday bully. It was a lot. And granted, it seems as though that kind of behavior existed on any and all platforms. And it's probably been exacerbated by the fact that a lot of people weren't living their best life in a pandemic. So it's very easy to take that out on 2D characters who live in your phone. But yeah, so there is, I'm sure there's a study or some sort of like academic correlation between increased rates of bullying on the internet and, you know, general lifestyle. Yeah, like people are just not doing well mentally. And you can always tell. I can also always tell in our Facebook group. I feel like our Facebook group is like a really good, um, it's like a good like experiment of what happens when more than a thousand people congregate in one space. And like you can tell with the tides of humanity the group fluctuates depending on the tides of humanity. So like when the pandemic first started, our group got really chaotic. And then when people got bored of, I don't know, when it just normalized, now that it's just like a normal thing, the group normalized. And then there's political calamity because there's about to be a civil war next week. Um, Gang, gang. And now it's getting a bit chaotic again. It's really interesting how, like, we're so collectively affected by external events without realizing it. I love that you that you can use your brain in that way to properly reflect on specific times and draw conclusions for those specific times. My brain mm. will not allow me to do that. I have a really very, um, how <laughs> well. I don't think I have a goldfish brain, but I really don't have any interest in holding on to specific details and times. Mm. So there's, I don't know what it is about things I can remember. Well, I think it, I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and he says that I'm very self-interested, which means that I- You're an Aries. yeah, but in the, <laughs> and in the context of the conversation, because we were talking about things, we I think we spoke about it on a couple episodes ago, which like my boyfriend and I both like to critically think, but I'm more interested in matters of self and individuals. Like I care more about oh. critically thinking personal situations, personal experiences, not just my own, but others. Yeah. And he's more interested in externalizing like economics and history and stuff that's yeah, like that's outside me. of his personal binaries. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't really care at all about <laughs> those things. Like I could not care less. So in so when I'm reflecting on like things that have happened and drawing correlations between trends, I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened then. <laughs> oh, that's so fascinating. <laughs> Even reflecting on when the lockdown first happened for us in Sydney, Australia, um, in March yeah. and April, I was like, I don't really, really like remember. I don't even know. Like even wow. thinking about where I was living, I was like, I'm not sure. So that's team suppress memories. <laughs> <laughs> it's a skill. <laughs> 
That's actually fascinating. I feel like I'm just less interested in my own internal fluctuation. Like I find humans more interesting. Um, not that I like like humans like that, but I definitely find humans very fascinating. Yeah, they're the best. Like I just, the, I don't think there are a lot of things I could talk about. Actually, I take it back. There are a lot of things I could talk about at length. However, mm, yeah, a topic that is constantly interesting to me is always invigorating is always renewing itself is people i just Mm. find it the most fascinating how they choose to decision make what they believe in why they believe in it um our like hypocrisy our cognitive dissonance all of that so fascinating i think um i mean the issue about being on the internet is that i think those learning about people is exacerbated because I, as much as I'd like to think that people are themselves online, they're not. I feel yeah, like there's, no. there's a lot of energy that we carry on the internet that does not translate in quote unquote real life spaces. And so that's mm. kind of what makes internet analysis a little bit less interesting these days. So for example, what I mean by that is when I say that TikTok at one point was everyday bullying, it wasn't as though people had that same energy in real life. No, it's still right, the same people, yeah. you know, being like, no, miss ma'am. No, it's the lace for me. It's the lace <laughs> showing for me. And then in real life, who you are wearing your tattered shoes. I and know. Like, <laughs> your stained clothing, you know, no, jobless. And it's like, it's not adding up. It's not adding yeah. up. But alas, yeah. you know. It's, again, the cognitive dissonance. <laughs> Do you think the internet has made us worse or better as as humanity? I don't know. I don't think it... I mean, I wasn't really around for before. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Maybe that's a better question for, like, a proper adult. <laughs> yeah, But then what true. do they even know? Because I... Not that... Not, not they're not do really they on even it know, like But, that. like, yeah, they're not in... Like, they're not in the Facebook group and then also was, was alive for, like, the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So it's hard to know. And I don't really mind if it got mm. better or worse because it's just it's it's just a fact. Like, let's say it has gotten better. If we can't see the blessings of how good it's gotten, then I don't really care. And if it has gotten worse, then, like, oh, well, what are we, we meant to do tell. with that information? Yeah. It sounds really apathetic, but it's not. I found a phrase for, um, for like apathy, but not rooted in like complete loss. You know how some people are like, apathetic to a fault, where like they can't be moved by <laughs> like anything. Trump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have some people <laughs> who are Trump. jaded, who are like refuse to care because they've been through it. I feel like I'm like positively apathetic. Like, who cares about Ooh, things that we that can't mean? change? You know, so like mm, the idea of like, is yeah. it better or worse? Who cares, babe? <laughs> Can't change it. What is the word for that? I feel like that is, that is big is fire sign energy. <laughs> no, you um, just like, you actually just mind your business. Like you. Yeah. Have you learned anything wild about yourself recently? While I'm Googling Ooh. positively apathetic. What have That's I learned about myself? In yeah aside from adhd because we know about that what have i learned about myself yeah um besides the adhd um she said nothing can you imagine no there must be something (laughs) she said learn 
in a panoramic? Well, I've, I've really, I've recently decided that I'm going to spend the rest of my life hopping from one country to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, like, I'm not going to live in any one place. Yeah, I think I've been living in bad faith. I feel like a lot of us don't make decisions. We just like settle into circumstances. So like because you were born in a certain country, you just live there now because you can, because it's convenient. And I'm trying to not make decisions or rather not make decisions out of convenience. So I've decided I want to just like spend the rest of my life just not like having one stable geography. Like after my lease ends, I think I'm just going to go to Morocco, live there for a bit, and then go to Bali, live there for a few months, go to Cape Town, live there for a few, and just like just carry on like that. Like why do we live in apartment? Like aren't humans inherently nomadic? Like why do we just live in one particular place? Isn't that wild? I mean, a lot of things about how we live is wild. But like the alternative sounds hard (laughs) and Mm. like not hard on its own, just relatively in comparison to doing anything completely different to how you do it now. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say like, I'm going to live in a ton of new countries, I'm thinking, well, but like, what about like your furniture? And I'm like, well, she doesn't need any furniture, babes. Like she's going to just live in (laughs) furnished places. Okay. But like, what about her mail? Electronic mail, babes. It's fine. Okay, but like, what about, (laughs) what about like currency and like, what, what about bank accounts? I'm like, I don't know. She'll figure it out. That's what went through my head in the last Mm. however seconds. Yeah. In what ways do you think you're living in bad faith? Um... Sorry, for anyone listening who doesn't know what bad faith is, just do a quick Google search of (laughs) Sartre's theory on bad faith. Just real quick. (laughs) I love that. You stop to be like, in case you don't know, pause to Google and come back. Yeah. Yeah. I think what sticks out the most to me when I think about what I'm currently doing in bad faith is being an influencer. I literally hate most things about the job. No, it Um, sucks. And the only thing I like, (laughs) the only thing I like about it is the best bit about it is that it's, it's made my life. Like it's, Everything I like um, about my life that I didn't think I could have, I have because of this. Mm. But it's almost like every time I express to myself my disdain of the job, it feels like biting the hand that feeds you. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I I somehow owe, like I owe it to this thing, this industry, this environment that essentially gave me the permission to be yeah, fully to do what you do yeah to be to fully realize so many things you know like and it's like grossly connected like I would not have would not have had the time or the money or yeah the time off or the money to even learn like how to harness my creativity if not for this job right you know and yeah. I would not have been able to maybe I would have actually but I can't imagine working 40 something hours in PR crying every day that it yeah. would have amounted to like a creative outlet though it did. Mm. But, um, you know, it's just like everything connects back to, well, 
how did you have the time to do that? Oh, this job that meant I could work less and make yeah. more. How did you have the money? Oh, this job. How did you have the contact? Oh, this job. How did you yeah. find time to even, or even this idea <clears throat> of becoming more and more interested um, in self-development and in critical thinking and this time to be objective and to think objectively, it could not have happened if not for the benefits of having the lifestyle that this job right. gave me. Yeah. You know? No, so- <laughs> I feel you on that. I definitely feel you. I think like, and I was talking about this briefly in the last episode, I think the reason it took me so long to sell all my photography equipment that was taking up all the space is because I felt bad for like letting go of a past self that like contributed so much to me positively but just doesn't do anything for me now. Like, Mm. and I think I had to, like, I had to let go of, I also think like letting go is really a skill. It's like really like, it's not something that we think about very often, but I think we're conditioned to attach to things because like capitalism coerces us into believing in scarcity. And so like letting go of things is definitely a skill that I'm actively trying to learn. Um, And that too, like I. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I really, at some point, just, like, hated being an influencer. So it was so, like, against everything that I wanted to do with my time. And I just forced myself to do it for so long because I just felt bad. It's so weird that we do that to ourselves. Like, Mm. that we feel indebted to past selves that have already died. Like, why? It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. And also because I feel like the bad faith for me comes out when I think that I can't do the job in a way that best suits me as a person. So Mm. I'm not really uncomfortable with the way that I personally am an influencer. I think I'm more uncomfortable with the, with the environment itself. Like I hate, I hate brands coming to me to I hate when brands come to me feigning an interest in me, pretending to know me to yeah. peddle a product. I yeah, hate having yeah. to overthrow an interest in something that I'm inherently only a little bit interested in. I yeah. hate having to justify my worth constantly. I hate yeah, someone it's thinking everyday that debates. everyday debate. I hate someone thinking that because they're offering me a sum of money, I should do something. I don't even know you. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. So why don't we start there? Like, hello, what is your name? Yeah. What country is this agency in? What is this, you know? And it's kind of like the the energy is always like, just say yes and we'll explain later. I'm like, am I under duress? Like, no, am I in jail? <laughs> um, so it's almost like, while I personally can be like, you know, in order for me to do this job in 
good faith, I can build genuine connections with my audience. I can actually spend more time expressing who I am and what I'm doing. I can, mm. um, I can, uh, like focus more on, on, on how I can do this job in a way that feels, uh, not exploitative in a way that feels ultimately comfortable to me. And however anybody else does the job is not my business. So I don't right. need to hold resent for the influence of friends that I know who purposely lie to their audiences all the time. The influence of <laughs> friends, I, you know, like it's not my business. Do what you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that to me is like managing my own feelings towards it and my own behavior feels easier. But then the industry itself is still a mess that I'm just dragged back into it when I don't want to see it. Like, I don't want to see, like, it's like when, like in situations when I say, I don't want to do or work with this brand because, you know, I don't really care to sell my audience, like cleaning supplies, you know, like I'm not, I don't really care. And they'll be like, but what about this amount of money? I'm like, no, I'm just not interested. Don't worry no, about it. Just, but what about know, like this amount of money? And I'm like, I just... Why do they not respect you? Yeah. And it sounds yeah. ridiculous because at a certain point in time, like I'm not above... How do I explain it? Like I'm not a purist. I'm not above taking money in exchange for selling a product. Like I'm not yeah. above the work itself, but yeah. it's like, let be serious. Are we really going to break our backs and try and sell lipstick still. Yeah. Like, just let me put on the lipstick and if people like it, I can link them. But let's yeah. not talk about how, you know, this lipstick gave me confidence in Corona and it showed me that, you know, I have the energy to keep pushing on in a pandemic. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Why does no, it have honestly, to be all of that? <laughs> no, I completely feel, I feel you, especially on like the point about the industry, like, it just feels so disrespectful. I think there's so many influences that you are being disrespected anytime. No, not anytime. But a lot of the times, these brands just don't, they just see you as so like disposable. And I just like, I hate it. I hate negotiating my worth. Like, no. I feel like at this point, I'm only ever promoting vibrators because I'm just like, well, what else do I really care about outside of like <laughs> as far as like material products like what else do I really care about that's not vibrators you know <laughs> it's interesting um but the concept of bad faith is such an interesting one because it's um it's so easy to like navigate the world in that way yeah. and you know how um like a big kind of uh, a foundation of like manifesting or positive thinking or like general wellness is to like reconcile with your outward experience, but also like self-regulate and get back to a point where you can be more positive or more optimistic. And mm. it's like, if I can know for a fact that this job has given me so has like given me the life that I want to live, but I still cannot help but bitch about it. Like this, how do I (laughs) reconcile both these things? And I still can't consciously choose to lead with the love and to lead with the positivity. Be like, Don't worry about it. Except no, it takes nothing for me to like walk in bad faith in any part of my life. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. It's so interesting. It's so Just vibe, babe. Don't stress (laughs) out. It's all good. (laughs) 
Oh my god. I think there's definitely like a there's definitely like a cognitive dissonance that comes with being an influencer. Like right now I'm going through just really bad acne problems. Like my skin has just exploded over the past two months. And then this brand, I guess they maybe saw my Instagram story where I was talking about like acne as a mental health problem. And this brand reached out to me and they were like, hey, we're a skincare brand. And I was like, do I care to pretend that like a skincare company is actually effective? Like, or would I rather just tell my audience like it's better to just learn to live with acne as opposed to constantly trying to get rid of it like I feel like a lot of times like promoting things I'm not in opposition to the brand itself but I'm but I'm in opposition to the values underlying that brand like Mm. and that's where the cognitive dissonance comes in Mm. it's really interesting that is an interesting one another thing I learned which is front of mind because I've been talking about it all year Mm. is this idea of okay so I can't give details on the circumstance because I signed an NDA but I was in a circumstance where I had to meet new people and somebody told me that they didn't think that I was an open book which was very surprising to me because I was like I don't get it like I am (laughs) <laughs> like I built, I built a lifestyle of being an open book. Like yeah. I, I express what I think and what I feel for a living. Like, what yeah, do you mean I'm not yeah. an open book? <laughs> so you know how, and I don't know what situation this might've happened to you in, but when someone says something to you that doesn't resonate, but it like, it sticks and you can't let it go. That's what happened to me in this situation. So when mm. this person told me this thing, it didn't resonate. I didn't argue with it, but it stuck. And I've been trying to like claw at it and like chip away at it until it makes sense to me. Then I was like, oh my goodness, I get it. I totally get what they're saying. So it occurred to me, right, that I'm in a very precarious situation because my lifestyle is so interlinked with my career and my career is so interlinked with my lifestyle. Mm. And so there are a ton of skills that I have learned, that I've built, that I use on a frequent basis that support my career that I think are inextricably linked to me as a person because I've monetized Mm. myself as a person. So in a career sense, I am an open book because I'm making money off sharing my life essentially, yeah, right? Yeah. So it is easy for me to do and it's also commercially beneficial and mutually beneficial with me and my audience for me to be open. And I can do mm. it with ease. But I realized in an interpersonal environment where it's not like it's not commercially beneficial for either party, i.e. in my relationships that have just been, you know, nourished and whatever from just being people I'm reserved like I don't like talking that much or sharing (laughs) that much yeah (laughs) wait I relate to this entirely yeah yeah and and it's like and I've known in in small ways like I don't like group group uh 
group hangouts in any way really? because yeah I really don't like it because I spend more time observing people and feeling I don't know I just don't like it and I just feel like I can't connect with people in group environments because generally I find that, that the the objective in a group conversation isn't to connect it's to express and I want to connect and oh, I find it easier to okay. connect with people one-on-one because there is a natural flow. It's me talking. It's you talking. It's me listening. It's you listening. It's back forth, back forth. But what we do on this podcast, I can't do, no, I won't do in a group dynamic. And I also won't do it if I'm not interested in a long-term relationship with someone. Like I don't mm. have the energy anymore. And yeah. I did have the energy, but I realized that I used to do this, like these conversations with a lot of people as a way to like data mine. I was just interested in like gathering data about people. I wasn't necessarily interested in getting to know people, but I was giving the impression that I was. And so then I would just keep making friends or I would keep making connections where people regarded me as friends, but I was just mining data. So I overcorrected and decided that I wasn't going to do any of that with people unless that I was making close friendships. So imagine in this environment where I have to meet people um, or hang out with people for a long set of time, but I know I don't want to be their friends long-term. I'm not giving. (laughs) Right. So I was like, what? And then I think I reflect on times where perhaps I'm hanging out with, you know, a close friend's friends or a close friend's family where I'm just like, I'm appreciative of the experience, but I'm not necessarily, I don't know. I'm not committed to the exchange. And so then I was like, whoa, this is so wild to me because my default in a social situation where somebody has no context for me, somebody isn't expecting a pre, like you know a preconceived idea of what I should be based on how I talk to my phone every day. <laughs> right. I just feel I'm reserved. Like I'm happy to just listen. I have the skill and the confidence to share when necessary, but I'm just more interested in listening. That is me. Wow, I relate to this. Isn't that so bizarre? So that was yeah. a big one for me because I'm like, whoa, I really feel like I deluded myself into thinking that skills and tools that I can use frequently or that I have the ability to use based on circumstance. I deluded myself into thinking that that was me when in mm. reality, it's just skills I have. Yeah. <laughs> no. So uh, wild. Yeah. That is exactly <laughs> it. That is exactly it too. No, I find myself too. Like, although, um, I actually prefer group hangouts over one-on-one hangouts. Mm. I think it's because I, I think for me, it's because I'm a people pleaser. So if I'm one-on-one, I feel a pressure to entertain them. Like, and when I feel that they're not being entertained, I'm like, oh my God, are you bored of me? Whereas I feel like that pressure is alleviated the more people are in a group. But also like similarly to you, I definitely prefer to just listen than to talk. But it's so easy to believe that you are what you do for a living so Mm -hmm. like just because I also think um I was explaining this to someone the other day that like podcasting is an art form so like you get on the mic and you perform like yeah I think we're both being ourselves but we're also performing um so to like create this like this dynamic is a created one for the sake of entertaining people 
Um, it's not everyday like, discourse. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's everyday empty head. <laughs> no, literally, like... Yeah, I think people really conceptualize um, a podcasting or especially, like, a dynamic like ours that, like, feels really... And it is, like, organic, but it's also... It is an art form in that, like, this is a performance. But I think when your art form... Unlike being like an actor or being a singer where you literally slip into a different skin suit whenever you entertain people, it's very easy when you are like a podcaster to conflate who, the performance with the being. Yeah, because yeah. The, it's the idea of like, it's very, I find it very simple to have this conversation with Bobo because the very conception of our relationship is expressing thoughts in a very detailed way. Yeah. So yeah. like, we know that when we speak to each other, it's not just, I had this thought, it's how did I feel? Where was it? Um, what have I since researched? Does, do I have any contradicting beliefs? It's like, we know that we have to do the thinking because that is the dynamic we've created. Yeah. But yeah. it's not to say that it's not natural, but in the sense of, in the sense, it's in the sense that if I was like in the Flex Factory warehouse with Grace today, I would not, we're not doing chitty chats. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yes. or we're doing yeah. like aimless, it's like, it's relaxed conversation. It's not, it's yeah. like every now and then we'll have a long conversation that is comparable to this one. We'll like speak out our thoughts and feelings, but it's like back forth banter jokes, jokes, empty head. So if I'm, if I'm constantly doing this with Bobo, which I'm not, but if I was doing it every day, all day, then I would convince myself based on how I know myself to be, that this is who I am by virtue of what I do the most frequently. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Only now. And I guess based on, you know, the last, last year was doing a lot of what I hadn't done before and having time just like with myself and with different experiences, I was like, oh, by default, I'm not down to like chit chat and do discourse with anyone for with any anyone. reason. Yeah, I actually yeah. do find it quite exhausting to speak at length. I am much more interested in conversation from a theoretical standpoint. I don't want to like solve any problems. And so yeah. these are things I don't think I would have learned. And these are also things I don't think I would have learned about myself unless I was put in that situation where I was with a bunch of new people. Like, who who is with new people ever yeah no honestly <laughs> and I was like whoa this is wild what else will I learn about myself no it's it's so wild I also find that like when I meet people who know me from the internet the immediate discourse is like really deep but I'm like we can just talk about ass eating like we don't have yeah to. relax <laughs> yeah like relax <laughs> like it's not everyday philosophy but you no. know but yeah there we have it with we will that, elaborate on this when we learn some more things about ourselves but for now yeah. i have to go take a work call <laughs> all right i'm gonna go have dinner so enjoy thank you and to everyone listening learn something new about yourself it will change your life do you know what i challenge people to do i feel like people need to go to their friends Okay, the first thing you need to do is do the Johari window with someone. And I think Bobo and I will do it the next episode. So actually, don't worry about that. We'll do it the next episode and we will go through our 
um, our answers. Basically, the Johari window is a self um, self awareness or self analysis experiment where you essentially with someone take a bunch of words and you populate it into a table. And if you both use the same word to describe one person, so if Bobo and myself both say that I am inquisitive, then that means where I'm self-aware because I recognize it in myself and because somebody else recognizes it in me. If I say that I'm shy and Bobo says that I'm bold, well, clearly there's a, there's a, a gap in understanding where I might be presenting a false narrative or I'm not self-aware Ooh. about my true characteristics. So it's yeah. very interesting and we will do it live the next episode. And then oh my I God, I'm so recommend you do that with your people. It's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you all for listening. And catch us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter as Bobo and Flex. We're on all the platforms. Let's continue the conversation. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 